Welcome to your monthly special bonus edition of Strong Words with Ian Strong. I'm your host, Ian Strong, and thank you so much for joining me for another volume of Shot Glass Diaries that I do here on the show, where I take one of the many shot glasses that I've used to commemorate one of the many trips in my life out of my cabinet and tell the story of that trip. And this one's going to be a good one because we're going to St. Louis, Missouri for today's trip of Shot Glass Diaries. And it was a really interesting trip. I originally went there to go to Bush Stadium to see my Braves play the St. Louis Cardinals. And we did a lot of cool stuff, my late wife Amy and I did, while we were there, including checking out the infamous Gateway Arch, some of the museums that were there, and so much more, including some of the nightlife after the game. So before I spoil everything, why don't we just get into Volume 20? 20 already. Volume 20 of Shot Glass Diaries, right here on Strong Words with Ian Strong. Diaries. So if you're a regular listener of my Shot Glass Diaries, and I hope you are, you may have heard me already tell the story of the final road trip that I took with my late wife, Amy, in which I discussed the second leg or the final leg of that trip, which took us to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to see a Braves game and tour the city and whatnot before we made a quick stop in Baltimore for a Volbeat concert before returning home to Central PA. But today I'm going to be focusing on the first leg of that trip. I know I'm doing it out of order. It's my show. I'll do what I want. I'm going to talk about the first leg of that trip in which we went to St. Louis, Missouri. So even though Amy wasn't a a Braves fan, she still liked the game of baseball and loved going to games with me and loved traveling with me. So when we were coming up with ideas of this road trip to take, we figured we would knock out two stadiums in one road trip and we would go to St. Louis, Missouri to see the Braves play the Cardinals in Bush Stadium, spend a day or two in the city, then follow the team to Milwaukee, Wisconsin to see them play the Brewers before returning home. The reason that I had planned these two trips to these two stadiums concurrently is because, if I haven't mentioned already, I'm trying to see my favorite baseball team, the Atlanta Braves, play in every stadium in the country. And at this point, I'm maybe about like a quarter of the way through. And because we knew that we were going to be driving to these two stadiums, I figured it would be more efficient to just knock both out at once and make one big trip out of it. So St. Louis, Missouri, in relation to where I live in central Pennsylvania, is about 11 and a half to 12 hour drive, mainly more more close to 12 if you're including pit stops and whatnot. But with the time zone change, you actually lose an hour going from Eastern time to Central time. So it takes 12 hours to get there, but you're arriving there approximately 11 hours from when you left. And at this point, this is probably one of the farthest drives that I've ever done on my own before. And I'd never driven this direction by myself. So One of the things that was interesting to see as I was making my way from Pennsylvania to Missouri is we actually end up passing right through Indianapolis, and right from the highway, you can see, clear as day, Lucas Oil Stadium, where my favorite football team, the Indianapolis Colts, play from. So I snapped a drive-by pick of that stadium as we went by. I'm yet to go to that stadium at this point in my life, but it will be a future Shot Glass Diary at some point, because I do plan on seeing an Indianapolis Colts game at Lucas Oil Stadium. So after driving for approximately 12 hours and I think somewhere around 750 to 800 miles, we arrived at our hotel. And once we checked in, as we were checking in, I remember I talked to the person that was checking us in and I said, this is around dinner time. I said, I want to go somewhere in which I can get some good St. Louis barbecue because you always hear about the barbecue in Kansas City, St. Louis, places like that. And when I go on these trips, I want to try to taste the specialties of these areas and these places. So I asked for recommendations of places I can go to get some really good barbecue ribs. And unfortunately, I can't remember the name of the place that the hotel person had told me to go to. But once we got checked into the room, we ended up going downtown, which is an interesting trek in and of itself. I mean, literally 
the highway bridges take you directly into downtown. And then once you get downtown, it's like Bush Stadium is right in the middle of the place. And then there's just a whole bunch of parking garages right in the center of the city. So I ended up finding the place that our hotel had recommended that I go. And I ordered barbecue ribs, which ended up being some of the best barbecue ribs that I had ever tasted. They were juicy. They were succulent. They were full of flavor and lived up to the reputation of its area, I must say. The place that we had went to also had a bar inside. So we stayed for a little while, but with the hours of traveling in which we you know, drove all day, we were a little exhausted. So we didn't stay out too, too late. And we knew that we were going to be going to this ball game the next day. And we wanted to see some of the sights of the city. So we called it an early night. I want to say around like 10, 11 o'clock PM. But before I went to bed, I, I took a shower. And the reason that I'm mentioning that I took a shower, because obviously you want to picture me in the shower. No, that's not it. The reason I'm mentioning I took a shower is because about two weeks before we made this trip, Amy and I went to go see Chris Hardwick, who you may know as host of Talking Dead or back in the day MTV Singled Out or NBC's The Wall. We saw him do some stand-up in Hershey, and one of the stories that he told was one of the things he likes to do when he travels is he likes to leave secret messages in the bathrooms of the hotels in which he stays. And what he means by that is not all hotel cleaning personnel do the most thorough jobs when cleaning your hotel rooms, particularly when it comes to the top of the mirrors in the bathroom. So occasionally while taking a shower and steaming up the room, he'll go to the mirror and he'll write a little note for a future occupant of that hotel room because Once the steam clears, the message kind of goes away, but then when the next person comes to stay at that hotel room and then they take a shower, the message reappears. And he likes to put, like, you know, funny or creepy things like, your tits are delicious. So the reason that I bring this up is because when I took this shower for the first time in the St. Louis hotel room, I took advantage of that opportunity and that story that Chris had told me to write that exact message on my hotel mirror. I have a picture of it. I'll put it on the social media pages. And I even tagged Chris Hardwick in it back in the day whenever I had posted it. And I don't exactly remember the exact hotel that I stayed at. But if you stayed in St. Louis approximately in August of 2016 and your mirror said your tits are delicious, that was either from me or somehow from Chris Hardwick from a much earlier stay. So the next morning after breakfast, the game plan was to go check out the arch, the famous St. Louis Gateway Arch as well as some of the other places in the downtown city before we come back, regroup, and then head down to Bush Stadium to watch the Braves take on the Cardinals. Now, as I was researching our destinations in our hotel room as we prepped to trek out for the day, I actually didn't know that it is possible to get tickets to go to the top of St. Louis's Gateway Arch. It's a national park at this point. And I didn't know that because I thought that the whole thing was just made out of concrete, but it's actually hollowed out enough inside, and there's windows at the top to where you can take a little cable car, which goes one from each side of the arch at the base up to the top and meets in the middle. And then you can get out, and then you can walk across the top of the arch and look out some windows that they have up there. It's like 630, approximately 630 feet off the ground, and you can see both directions. So Naturally, whenever I discovered that this is something that we can do, I got us tickets to go do that. So while we were waiting and killing time for our tickets to be honored at the time in which we had gotten them for, we went into the National Gateway Arch Museum, which is right across the street from the arch. And in this museum, you get a lot of really cool history and exhibits that you can check out to learn a lot about the history of this Gateway Arch. 
And then once it came time for us to get onto our, our trams, that, that was an interesting experience in and of itself because it's, it's not the most comfortable trek up to the top of that arch, obviously because of its unique shape. So by the time we got in there, it almost feels like you're riding on a subway sideways. And then when you get up to the top, I can't even begin to describe just how gorgeous this view is. You go to one side, you look out the windows, you can see the riverfront, you can see cruise ships and ferries and fishermen on one side. And then you go to the other side and you can see like the old courthouse and the old football stadium where the St. Louis Rams used to play before they moved to Los Angeles. And then you can see directly into the seats of Bush Stadium where the St. Louis Cardinals play. It's one of the most breathtaking experiences of my entire life. And if you ever go to St. Louis, I cannot stress enough, it is worth the 10 to $15 per person to go to the top of this 630-foot arch and check out the view. I'll post some pictures that I took on the social media pages, of course. But it's a beautiful view. You can see virtually the entire city from up top there. And like I said, I thought the coolest part was being able to see inside Bush Stadium because I wanted to try to get a picture of where my seat would be from the arch. And then later when I go to Bush Stadium, you can see the arch in the background or the backdrop of the stadium. It's one of the more gorgeous backdrops in all of baseball, I must say. You can see the arch from where my seat was, so I wanted to try to get both vantage points. And one of the other nice things about taking the tram up to the the top of the arch is just they, they let you spend as much time as you want up there. Now, there, there isn't a whole lot to do while you're up there. I mean, you, at best, you're probably spending 15 to 20 minutes tops. But there's no limit as to how much time you can spend up there because they're constantly bringing the tram up and down. So anytime that you're ready to go, you can leave and the next group will come up and take the plane. You know, that's why they sell the tickets because they don't want to obviously overload the top of the arch. So after we left the arch and finished going through the museum, we grabbed some lunch and then head back to the hotel to regroup. At this point, Amy's physical quality of life wasn't at its greatest and things like that would take a very large physical toll on her. So she actually wanted to take a nap. And unfortunately, I mean, I, after a while, I was just kind of feeling guilty that we had traveled all this way and, and she's, we're just cooped up in the hotel room so that she can take a nap. So I decided that I was going to just take a drive through the city and just check out some of the rural areas, just drive around town, just kind of take it all in. And then about an hour or two before we were going to leave for the game, I'll return to the hotel and I'll get myself ready to go. So I went for this drive, took some me time, and then yada, yada, yada. As, I, as I'm as i taking it all in, I go back to the hotel and then wake her up and then we start getting ready for the game. And as per usual, whenever I'm going to one of these games and I know that I'm going to be cheering for the away team, I normally wear my away Atlanta Braves Greg Maddox jersey for a couple of reasons. One, Greg Maddox is one of the greatest pitchers of all time, so I'm very likely to be heckled by somebody who can't really have anything to say about the greatness that was Greg Maddox's pitching. And two, he's also retired, so I'm also less likely to be heckled to be wearing a player who used to play for the team as opposed to playing for somebody who's maybe there that night. So I mainly just do that just for the sake of, I just want to go and enjoy the game. I want to represent the fandom of the team, but I don't want to draw attention to myself and potentially be heckled. So we made our way back downtown. Again, like I said, you just go right off the exit, you park right in the garage, and you're right there. Can't stress enough just kind of how insane to think that all you have to do is just take an exit off of the highway in downtown St. Louis, and you're already at the stadium. So as we started to filter into the stadium with the rest of the fans that were going to the game, I figured before we found our seat, I would get ourselves something to eat because one of my pet peeves whenever I go to a ball game is I don't like to leave my seat during the game 
Unless, you know, obviously I need to use the restroom or if I want to grab something to drink or something that one of the vendors isn't, you know, carrying around and selling. I, I just want to get there early, get something to eat, get in my seat, and enjoy a ball game. So again, like I mentioned before, I checked out Bush Stadium specialty food menu and I wanted to get something that I could get that's unique to that particular stadium that I can't get anywhere else. And I don't exactly remember the name of the vendor that sold it but I had one of the most delicious pulled pork sandwiches that I had ever eaten. Anytime I think of Bush Stadium, that's the first place my mind goes is how delicious that pulled pork sandwich was. We made our way to the seats, which were on the first base side, which is where the Braves dugout was. Not as close as I like to get to the field, but I mean, great seats nonetheless. You can see everything. There's the big Mac land sign in left field where Mark McGuire used to hit all of his home runs, which... (laughs) Just sitting in the seat and seeing how far away that was from home plate just sounds insane that he regularly hit home runs to that distance. You can see the arch in the background. You can see the skyline in the background. Again, I'll post pictures on the social media pages, but I can't stress enough. This is one of the most beautiful ballparks that I'd ever been to, and we'll probably compare it to every other beautiful ballpark that I will go to in the future. Now, as for the game itself, it really wasn't that interesting of a game to start with. The Braves jumped out to a very early lead thanks to a couple of three-run home runs that they hit in the first couple of innings. But when it started to get interesting is when the Cardinals started chipping away at that lead to the point where in the bottom of the eighth, they were only within two runs of tying the game, and they had runners on base. And I believe it was Tommy Pham from the St. Louis Cardinals ended up grounding out, which would have led to Another run scoring and the potential tying run ended up being in scoring position, second or third base, but the Braves ended up challenging the play. And at the time, we're only maybe a year or two into this experiment of being able to challenge calls. Originally, Tommy Pham was called safe on the field, which would have made it a 7-6 to game with two outs in the bottom of the eighth with the potential to tie or even take the lead with runners on. But thanks to a, I, I want to say this was an extremely lengthy delay. I want to say props approximately 10 to 15 minutes. They're showing the replay on the board over and over and over again, and the crowd is starting to get hostile. Now, I've been in hostile situations. I've, I've been to Mets games and Yankees games and Dodger games, and I've been to more baseball games in Philadelphia than any other city. But this particular crowd was one of the most hostile crowds that I'd ever been around, to the point where I considered taking my Braves jersey off just because of the way that this was going. You know, the longer that it was starting to take, the more impatient the fans started to become. And I I knew it right away. I knew that after the first couple of minutes that the longer that this review was going to go on, the less likely it was going to be that the call would be overturned. But surprisingly, after this lengthy delay, they ended up overturning the call, calling Tommy Pham out, negating the run that crossed home plate, which would have made the game 7-6, to six, and ended the eighth inning. And at this point, the Cardinals fans erupt in boos. Not alcohol. I mean, like, they are booing like crazy. Now, like I said, this was back in 2016 when there were still a lot of kinks to work out in the replay system. And to be honest, it's still not perfect. But even after the game, Cardinals manager Mike Mike Matheny was asked about it, and he said, you know, we have all of these angles, we have all these slow-mos, and you still can't tell sometimes. And then ultimately ended up not making a big difference after all anyway because the Braves ended up scoring six runs in the ninth inning to make the final score of the game 13-6, to which, hey, great for me. I got to see the Braves win, but man, it was tense there for a minute. 
And if it wasn't for the Braves scoring those six runs, I feel like it would have been even more tense knowing how close the game was at the time. But once the Braves started scoring a whole bunch of runs, some of those more passionate fans ended up taking an early leave, and I couldn't help but like watching them go. So after the game ended, we figured, well, let's stay in the city for a little bit because we're going to be heading to Milwaukee the next day. Let's see what we can get into. And little did we know that there's actually like a complex right across the street from Bush Stadium in which there's just a whole bunch of bars and restaurants and nightclubs, just a whole bunch of places for baseball fans to filtrate out of the stadium to continue their night if they're not ready to call in a night. There's places that have live music. There's places that have food. There's places that have drinks. And Amy and I just had a great time just bouncing from place to place, checking out these places, listening to the live music, indulging in the St. Louis nightlife. And it turns out that this complex hadn't actually been in St. Louis that long. That was something that they started to build not too long after some of these other cities ended up getting new ballparks and just creating complexes around them. Atlanta is one of them. They have what they call the battery around the ballpark, which is just another collection of shops and restaurants and nightclubs and stuff to where fans can enjoy the experience of going to a ball game, but not be limited to just the activities that take place inside the stadium. It's a very cool place. I highly recommend that you check it out. Even if you're not a fan of baseball, you can still go and check out some of these places because they, they got great food. It's got it's a great atmosphere. Everybody in the area, despite what I was saying about how impatient and, and rowdy some of the fans got during the end of the game, no, but everybody let that go by the time we had gotten out of the stadium. So, we had a great time in St. Louis. The next day, we ended up checking out of our hotel so that we can make the trek up to Milwaukee. If you haven't listened to that leg of the trip, go all the way back to Volume 5 of Shot Glass Diaries, and you can hear that. But on the way from St. Louis to Milwaukee, I realized I need to get myself a shot glass. And truth be told, it was kind of difficult to find a novelty shop. Not as difficult as I had in some other cities like Milwaukee, but it was difficult to find a novelty shop in order to purchase a shot glass. But the one I ended up getting, it's one of my favorites in all of my collection because one of the things that I like to have on these shot glasses is things that depict the places that I've went to in the city or the things that I've seen in the city. And on the St. Louis shot glass, there's a picture of the inside of Bush Stadium. There's a picture of the St. Louis skyline. There's a picture of the Gateway Arch. There's also some other pictures of some other things that we didn't have time to check out. But I'd be willing to bet that this isn't my only trip to St. Louis in my lifetime. And if I do ever make it back out that way, that trip's got a lot to live up to if it's going to be as good as this one. If you listen to this show regularly, and I hope you do, then over the past couple of months, you've heard me mention how much my quality of sleep has improved since I started using Rolling Acres CBD and CBG products before I go to bed. Rolling Acres sits on 105 gorgeous pesticide-free acres in my hometown of Carlisle, Pennsylvania, where they grow their high-quality hemp to produce the best-tasting CBD and CBG that you'll find on the market by making it in a state-of-the-art lab right on the farm before it only leaves to be third-party tested for both quality and potency. I'm sure by now, you've probably heard of CBD but may still have questions. And if you're like me, you'd never even heard of CBG before I started using it. So if you visit rolling-acre.com, you can learn more about the farm, the benefits of using CBD and CBG like friend of the show Nate Blazer does for his gluten allergy, and shop their selection of 1,000 milligram full-spectrum CBD and CBG tinctures. And when you're ready to try it for yourself, you can use the promo code STRONGWORDS at checkout to receive $10 off your next purchase. They even have two flavors that your dogs, cats, and horses will love. 
So again, go to rolling-hager.com, use the promo code STRONGWORDS at checkout, and receive $10 off your next order. It's available to ship in all 48 CBD and CBG legal states, so what are you waiting for? Go to rolling-acre.com today or find them on social media at Rolling Acre. So I hope that you enjoyed this volume of Shot Glass Diaries, and as always, if you'd like to see a picture of the Shot Glass or some of the photos that I took on this trip, you can find them on my social media pages at Ian Strong Words on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also get in touch with me by emailing the podcast at strongwordspodcast at gmail.com, and if you could do one of those things like like, follow, subscribe, leave me a rating, write me a review, share my social media posts, and spread the strong words because you are just as essential to the success of this show as I am, and I thank you for taking the time to do that. So that's going to do it for another episode of Strong Words with Ian Strong, but come back next week as I have another great interview lined up for you with a kid that I met just a couple of weeks ago after watching the documentary In the Shed, which is about him. Despite only being 20 years old, he is a phenomenal musician, songwriter, and guitar player. He's also a Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt who's gotten to roll around with likes of UFC legends Fabricio Ferdum and Ronda Rousey. He's co-authored a book, and he also has two albums available on Spotify, which you can stream right now. I'm talking to Tyler Ransom next week, all about doing all of those things by the age of 20 years old, despite dealing with a rare kidney disease that he's had to deal with his whole life. So don't forget to catch me next week with Tyler Ransom. And in the meantime, as I say every episode, stay safe out there. Spend a little time every day doing something that you love. And if you got something to say, keep your words strong. How strong? Ian Strong. Strong words!